The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Monday, May the 11th, 2020. And I hope you're well. Before getting into the main topic of this episode of the podcast, I wanted to mention a couple of things very briefly. First, Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller passed away at the age of 92. He passed away overnight. Jerry Stiller in my view, is one of the kings of comedy in the United States. Jerry Stiller appeared in movies and on TV and on the stand-up stage. A venerable performer, someone who never failed to make you laugh, to put a smile on your face. Jerry Stiller appeared in numerous television episodes of Seinfeld, of the King of Queens, two American television programs that have been celebrated and loved by millions of audiences. Jerry Stiller was the father to filmmaker, actor, comedian, Ben Stiller who tweeted the news of his father's passing early this morning. Jerry Stiller was 92. He died of natural causes. May he rest in peace. May he rest in power. A couple of other observations. One is that if you are here in the United States and you want to receive your stimulus check via direct deposit, then you have until Wednesday, May the 13th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time U.S., to head over to the irs.gov website and submit your bank information. When I return, the United Kingdom in focus, leadership and mixed messages.
So, thank you from me, from all of us, to the NHS. Let's remember to follow the rules on social distancing, stay at home, protect our NHS, and save lives. Thank you, and happy Easter. That was Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, back on April the 12th. That was a portion of a five-minute speech that he was giving when he was thanking staff at the NHS at St. Thomas's Hospital for saving his life. And he closed with the words that you just heard. Now, just one month later on this date, May the 11th, Boris Johnson strikes a very different tone with something called stay alert. There is no more stay at home or stay home. There is now stay alert. And the genesis of today's episode is what on earth is going on in the United Kingdom with the leadership there around this coronavirus response. What on earth is the Prime Minister Boris Johnson playing at? There was herd immunity. That phrase was being thrown around by Matt Hancock, who is the health secretary in Boris Johnson's cabinet, thrown around by, I think, Dr. Chris Whitty, who is the health minister in Boris Johnson's cabinet. And between April the 12th and now, there seems to be a return in the United Kingdom to this idea of herd immunity. And not only is there a return to that, it has been compounded by guidelines that were released officially on paper today in what amounted to a 60 page. It's essentially 50 pages, but it was a 60 page release on the gov.gov.uk website about rebuilding from coronavirus. The main focus is what is going on and what on earth is going on at number 10. I talked about mixed messages in yesterday's episode and I'm going to continue to talk about that today, but contrasting again the leadership abilities of those at number 10, i.e. Boris Johnson, and those elsewhere in Parliament, those elsewhere in opposition parties. This is an excerpt from the 6 o'clock news today in the UK on the BBC from BBC Radio 4. This is about 28 seconds long. And this is the news reader giving us the information from the bulletin of the news. Boris Johnson has told the House of Commons he believes the public will show good, solid British common sense when following the measures outlined in his government's plan for easing the lockdown in England. The steps include advice about wearing face coverings in some places, a return to work for those who cannot do their jobs at home, but avoiding public transport where possible. 
Some primary school classes could start at the beginning of June, with the remainder back before the summer holiday. How on earth does this work? How on earth does this work? We don't have any idea about testing in the United Kingdom. It is not being done as quickly as it should be. Matt Hancock is telling us that there are over 100,000 tests being done a day. But that is not necessarily true. From what we know, there were a number of test kits mailed to people. But just because those test kits were mailed to people, that does not mean that the tests were actually administered. It does not mean that the tests were actually performed. And that does not mean that the tests were actually done. So there is this cosmetic number of over 100,000 tests, which is what the health secretary, Matt Hancock, said that he was going to do by the end of April. And that number has certainly come into dispute. Many are saying that it was more like 86,000 tests. There is a rush, and it's an insane rush, to open things up when the testing is not good enough, when the infrastructure for tracking and tracing isn't in place, where the infrastructure in general is not as strong as it should be, where there is no appropriate guidance plan being presented, and where people like Boris Johnson are making statements before anything is even written down. The speech that Boris Johnson gave on Sunday night was pre-recorded and was actually recorded at least three days in advance over two different days, according to Sky News. At the time that Boris Johnson spoke and recorded the speech and at the time that the speech was played for viewers in the UK and in fact online around the world, there had not been any publicized guidelines to back up the speech that Boris Johnson was making. People had not been consulted. People in the police departments across the United Kingdom had not been consulted. The opposition leader, Sakir Starmer, had not been consulted about the speech made yesterday in terms of what Boris Johnson was going to be laying out. The First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, had not been consulted about the guidelines for the speech or the guidelines that Boris Johnson was proposing. The First Minister of Wales had also not been consulted. First Minister Drakeford in Wales had not been consulted. Why is Boris Johnson doing this? Just like Donald Trump, both of them are doing these things and not consulting governors, 
in the case of the United States, not consulting opposition leaders or ministers from the bordering countries, neighboring countries of the UK in the case of the United Kingdom. Why is this happening? Why do you think this is happening? The opposition leader, Sakir Starmer, who has been in the job just over a month now for the Labour Party, the opposition leader, Sakir Starmer laid out a statement of his own in response today to Boris Johnson. Prime Minister said he was setting out a roadmap. But if we're to complete the journey safely, a roadmap needs clear directions. So many of us have questions that need answering. How can we be sure our workplaces are now safe to return to? How can we get to work safely if we need public transport to do so? How can millions of people go back to work while balancing childcare and caring responsibilities? How do our police enforce these rules? And why are some parts of the United Kingdom now on a different path to others? For as long as this crisis persists, I'll keep demanding answers to these questions because that's how we get better decisions and better outcomes. I remain committed to working constructively with the government in the national interest. And when this is over, and one day it will be, I'm determined we will build a better society. Because after all this, all the sacrifice and the loss, we can't go back to business as usual. We can't go back to a society where we clap our carers once a week, but where half of our care workers are paid less than the real living wage. We can't go back to a society where we pay tribute to the heroes of the Second World War, but see our care homes as an afterthought. And we can't go back to a country where we don't invest in our public services, but expect our frontline workers to protect us. When we get through this, it'll be because of the hard work and the bravery of every key worker as they took on this virus and kept our country going in their courage and their sacrifice and their bravery, we can see a better future. This crisis has brought out the resilience and the human spirit in all of us. We must go forward with a vision of a better society built on that resilience and built on that human spirit. Sakir Starmer, earlier today, in response to Boris Johnson's statement from Sunday and these very, very unclear guidelines, very confusing, very confusing, very contrary and very contradictory as well, I should add. Leadership is lacking in the United Kingdom in government lacking in the United States in government, particularly, obviously, Trump. And in some of the state governments, particularly the Republican governors, who have been appalling, as has Donald Trump. There is a very psychopathic, death cultish type of behavior going on that I think is very concerning. 
It is very concerning here in the United States. It is very concerning in the United Kingdom. There is a detachment that Boris Johnson seems to have from reality. You would have thought, perhaps, that someone who had undergone a near-death experience would come through that with a certain sense of enlightenment. A certain sense of renewal. A certain sense of empathy. Compassion. Care. Deliberation. Instead, he has continued to just plow on, recklessly, like a steam train that is not got any sense of direction, that has no direction whatsoever. It's a very concerning thing. And Sakia Starmer pointed to the history of the Tories, Boris Johnson's party, the Conservative Party, cutting the National Health Service for 10 years. 10 years of cuts to the National Health Service. And now what he wants to do is swarm the National Health Service with more patients. It's as if he wants to destroy this state, this notion of the so-called welfare state. I think Boris Johnson wants to destroy that. The Tories have been doing this for the better part of the last 10 years with the NHS, which, by the way, was a labor invention. Nan Bevan created the National Health Service in the late 1940s. And now the Tories have spent the better part of the last 10 years plus trying to destroy the National Health Service trying to privatize it, trying to do all kinds of things with it, make it weaker. And after weeks of saying, stay home, save the NHS, protect the NHS, care about the NHS, after weeks of that message, Boris Johnson has overnight gone from save the NHS, protect the NHS, to Stay alert to don't go on public transportation, but make sure you go to work if you can and you're not working from home. It's a recipe for disaster. And it's going to create a lot more turmoil and division in the United Kingdom. I mean, it's as if Boris Johnson didn't live through the last three, almost four years of Brexit. Did he not live through the last four years of Brexit and how much division and how much anger and rancor that created? And we're still going through that in the United Kingdom. Divisiveness, dividing, separating the United Kingdom from the other 27 member states of Europe. And I think that this whole rebuilding of the nation with these confusing guidelines are designed to do the same, divide up all the four countries of the United Kingdom.
You've got three countries, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, all saying to their citizenry, no, do not pay attention to Boris Johnson's guidelines. We want you to stay at home. We want you to stay safe at home. We do not want you going out. We do not want you staying alert. We want you to stay at home. And this lockdown continues in our nations. Then you've got Boris Johnson saying, no, 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 no. Stay alert. You can go out. You can exercise for as much as you want, for as long as you want. What if people from England start to drive over to Wales, where the rate of infection from coronavirus is much higher? What if people decide to drive or take a train up to Scotland? You can see where the problems would come. There's no plan in place for the police to police this if anything goes wrong. The social distancing guidelines have not worked for some people. In other words, some of the people in the United Kingdom, particularly in London, are flouting these guidelines. You had the you had the leader in the House of Commons of the Plaid Cymru Welsh Party, Liz Savile Roberts MP, saying, Prime Minister, are you the Prime Minister of England? That's what Westminster leader of Plaid Cymru, Liz Savile Roberts, asked the Prime Minister during the questions today at the House of Commons. Who can blame her for that question? There really does seem, along with Brexit, to be this cleaving of these nations into four separate nations. And I believe that that's exactly what's happening here. The United Kingdom is united for a reason. So it should stay that way. It should not be that Boris Johnson is making guidelines for England while not consulting any other of the devolved nations of the UK. This is Boris Johnson going rogue, as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to play now the entire statement from the Scottish First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon. She of the SNP, that's the Scottish National Party. Nicola Sturgeon, I think, gave the best response to Boris Johnson today. Her leadership has been very strong on this in particular. And the SNP, I think, more than any of the parties, have been very resolute about standing up to Boris Johnson. Not that the Labour Party haven't. Under Sakir Starmer, over these last five weeks, they have been as well. Very resolute indeed. But I think that throughout the last couple of years, at the very least, 
the SNP, Scottish National Party, have been absolutely sterling. And I'm not trying to make a pun out of that. Stirling is a city in Scotland. But let me, let me just tell you, this moves me to hear this speech from First Minister Nicholas Sturgeon of Scotland moved me. And I think you'll be able to tell why. It's about four minutes long. seven weeks since lockdown measures were introduced. The extent to which you have stuck to these rules, often at great personal sacrifice, has been truly remarkable. So I want to start with a heartfelt thank you. By staying at home, you have saved lives. Seven weeks ago, the virus was spreading out of control. Today, it is in retreat. Those who work in our NHS have been under immense pressure and they have responded magnificently but the health service has not been overwhelmed in the way we feared it would be. In the last four weeks, the number of COVID-19 patients in intensive care has fallen by almost two thirds. And last week we saw the most welcome sign of all. For the first time since the epidemic started, the number of deaths registered in a single week fell. So the progress is real and it is down to you, but our progress is still fragile. If we ease up too soon, the virus could run out of control again. That would mean more people dying and all of us staying in lockdown much longer. There will of course be risks whenever we start to ease the lockdown, but my judgment right now is that the risk is still too great. Too many people are still dying and the situation in care homes, despite the extraordinary dedication of our care workers, remains a serious concern. And the important R number, the rate at which the virus reproduces, is still uncomfortably close to one. If it exceeds one, the virus could rapidly take off again. That's why the Scottish Government is exercising such care and caution. We announced one change to the rules yesterday. If you want to exercise outdoors more than once a day, you can now do so. But otherwise, we are asking you to stick with lockdown for a bit longer so that we can consolidate our progress, not jeopardise it. Except for essential work that can't be done at home, going out for food and medicine or for exercise, please continue to stay at home. When you do go outside, please stay two metres from other people and don't meet up with people from other households. Please wear a face covering if you are in a shop or on public transport and wash your hands thoroughly and regularly. These measures are essential for now, but we know they cause harm of their own, so we will not keep them in place for longer than necessary. As the infection rate continues to fall, we will gradually relax the restrictions and we're already making preparations for that. We're working with businesses to produce guidance on safe workplaces. We're working on the changes needed on public transport and we're talking to teachers and parents about how and when schools can safely return. We're doing all of that carefully because it is vital that when we do ask you to return to work or to school, you have clarity about what we are asking you to do and also confidence that it is safe. We're also expanding our ability to test people for COVID-19 and trace those they've been in contact with. That will be important to control new outbreaks. On all of this, I will keep you informed every step of the way. I want to make sure that as we take each step on the path to recovery, 
The ground beneath us is as solid as possible, but I will not keep these restrictions in place longer than necessary. As First Minister, I know the impact this has on all of you, and as a citizen, I miss my family too. But I won't risk unnecessary deaths by acting rashly or prematurely. So I am asking you please for the moment to continue to do what you have been doing so responsibly. I also want to say a special thank you to children. Not being at school or seeing your friends or hugging your grandparents is really tough, but you have handled it brilliantly. I'm so proud of all of you. For all of us, I know it's getting harder, but let's keep supporting each other even as we stay apart. Let's remember what matters most, health, family, community. Staying at home now is an expression of love, kindness and solidarity. We're doing it for each other, not just ourselves. It is how we protect each other, protect our NHS and save lives. And it will also bring forward that moment when we can begin a return to normality. So once again, my thanks to each and every one of you. That is First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. That is leadership. Why, why, why cannot more men lead like that? And it's not that there aren't men who fail to lead. There, 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 it's not that there are not, that there are men who don't lead like this. There are. There are men in places around the world who lead in this manner. But why are so many men unable to give a speech like that, the one you just heard, where First Minister Sturgeon talks about thanking children. She thanks children. She lets you know that more testing is going to be done. She lets you know that she's not going to let you just go back to work without clarity. So that you don't just go in and you're trying to figure out what's going on. She's helping you. She's leading. She's telling you. She cares about you. That is leadership. She identifies with you. She says, I know it's, it's a long, difficult time. It's been a tough time. I can't see my family. I haven't seen them either. But we have to do this for a bit longer. That's leadership. That's what Boris Johnson lacks. I referred to Dr. Amy Acton, the head of the Ohio Department of Health, and how she gives these briefings that do very much the same thing as you just heard there from First Minister Sturgeon. To comfort the public, to reassure the public, to tell them the hard truths, to be honest with them and to give them context and perspective and to thank them for their sacrifice and to let them know where the leader stands. In this case, First Minister Nicola Sturgeon, where she stands, what she thinks, what she's going to do, what her advice is. Boris Johnson has not done any of that. Donald Trump has certainly not done any of that. Some of these governors 
who are female in the United States, who are Republican, have not done any of that. They are all on this psychopathic march. They are all on the path of the death cult. I mean, it's literally a death cult. You've got people saying, go back to work in the US and there is absolutely no guidance. There's absolutely no protections. There's absolutely no PPE for healthcare and frontline workers who are the bulk of the people being asked to go back. There is no guidelines being satisfied by any of these 47 or 48 states that all reopened yesterday. What could possibly go wrong? I really do wonder whether or not these leaders care about the people that they are governing. But it's very clear to me that I don't have to wonder very much because the answer is very obvious. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. Good evening, and thank you for joining us for this latest Downing Street press conference. First of all, I want to update you on the latest data in our fight against coronavirus. I can report through the government's ongoing testing and monitoring program that as of today, 1,921,770 tests for coronavirus have now been carried out in the UK, including 100,490 tests carried out yesterday. 223,060 people have tested positive. That's an increase of 3,877 cases since yesterday. 11,401 people are currently in hospital with coronavirus, down from 11,768 the previous day. And sadly, of those tested positive for coronavirus across all settings, 32,065 have now died. That's an increase of 210 fatalities since yesterday. This figure includes deaths in all settings, not just in hospitals. That was Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, at the daily Downing Street briefing on coronavirus in the UK on May the 11th, 2020.